appreciate you being here. Definitely. Let the people know who you are and what you do, if you don't mind. Hey, everyone. My name is Kephas Falls III, and I'm a digital creator and community advocate in Houston, Texas. Awesome, man. So we did an episode about a year ago. Yes. That never surfaced. Um, but I think there is value in going over some of the things we talked about. So I think one of the most important things we discussed was the sort of value in communicating efficiently and maintaining relationships. And that's also what you happen to study, uh, public yes. relations yes, and sir. communications and marketing, I believe. Mm -hmm. So if you want to talk about what some of the elements of effective communication are from your perspective or from the academic perspective. I'll go ahead and share both. Um, for starters, you know, communication is everything in our world. You know, we rely on communication skills not only to get a single point across, but, you know, different things like, you know, starting a family, like starting in school. You know, if you have, how do you say, if you have something that needs to be said, then you need to communicate efficiently. And I think as a communications major, we learn these skills um, from an academic standpoint, but they're also life skills. One thing I'll say is that if you know your audience, for example, then your communication skills are very much necessary to just get through life because if yeah. you aren't a good communicator, then you're going to struggle. So if you know how to communicate, then you're going to go places for sure. Yeah, I think I can see that as well. Um, and that's part of the reason why I started this because I noticed certain things about myself. I wasn't really good at communicating. Right. I wasn't comfortable being out of my um, comfort zone, let's call it. Mm -hmm. And I realized there's value in knowing how to be an extrovert in a way. Right. What would you say your personality is? Are you naturally introverted or extroverted? I would say I'm naturally extroverted, but also know when to be introverted. Um, for right. example, there are times when you may be a great communicator, but it may not be your time to communicate, for example. Right. Um, seeking mentorship is one of those key elements when it comes to knowing how to be an introvert. And what I mean by that is, let's say you're in a seminar or a press conference. You have an opinion or a statement of fact that you want to share, but it might not be the right time. So knowing when to become an introvert in the essence of your surroundings Kind of like listening, knowing when to listen, knowing when to talk. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Becoming a great listener because in this book I read by John C. Maxwell, which I may have shared with you before, um, but leaders know when to listen and they know when to follow as well. Um, what I'll say is that if you are a good leader, you once started off following someone's footsteps and they were most likely a leader as well. So it's almost cyclical in a way where mm -hmm. leaders teach followers how to lead and then they continue the cycle of leadership. Um, and by that, you know, you create a community of, you know, innovators, creators, people that know how to lead whatever next generation is there to come. Yeah, that's um, another thing I kind of notice about you is the community oriented approach. Mm. And it's almost selfless in a way, um, if you really dive deeper into it. Right. You don't shy away from empowering others while empowering yourself. Where do you think that comes from? I think for me, that comes from 
the support system that raised me, but also the obstacles that came with having such a not only a dedicated support system but an assertive support system because you know as an individual coming from the family i come from it's a privilege to have friends and family you know yourself included that build value in your life and sometimes you know especially growing up and i could speak for other individuals as well in this but we may have come across different things like, you know, whether it's the middle school bully or a teacher that may not prefer you over another student. But those times where the self-assurance wasn't there because we were still in this stage of adolescence and development. So for me to get in the mode of empowering others and just, you know, build on that, I think it came over time, if you will. Um, I had to build that character by persevering through different hardships um, and sometimes people don't believe in you but that's the best time to make people believe in you by showing them through action instead of just words um, what I will say is that character comes from knowing when to create knowing when to try out new things knowing when to build on certain ideas that someone may not have thought of before or maybe someone thought of that idea and you have a way to innovate it you know right. it's all about staying um original but also staying collaborative and knowing when to be a team player yeah i think um i think originality is kind of overplayed in my opinion That's i don't fine. think anything is original um you can be your authentic self and you can have elements that are unique mm -hmm. maybe in the minority but I see what you're saying. I'm not trying to negate what you said, but I'm just going off a on a different point. tangent yeah. in terms of creating. Mm -hmm. um, I, th I don't think there's anything wrong with innovating, like you said. You right. could take, build on top of what someone, are, someone has already built. Um, and that ties into the community-oriented approach because if you have that sort of famine mentality that, yo, I don't want to help anybody out. I don't want to share mm -hmm. what I'm doing. I don't want to talk about what I do or how I do things. Right. You're, you don't allow somebody to add to what you've built and then push that envelope forward because you're insecure or afraid. And that's a really good quality to have. Definitely. To promote other people and to allow them to see how you do things. Yes. So that's why I wanted to ask you, bro, where do you think that selfless sort of nature comes from? Well, you know, you actually just made a good point about the originality not necessarily being original, but maybe like inspiration, if you will. Mm. I think that people are inspired when they see certain... Um, it's almost like working out, for example, when you see someone who is an athlete, like whether it's Tracy McGrady, Yao Ming, LeBron James, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, um, yeah. Dwayne Wade. And, you know, as a kid, you know, you know, growing up when it comes to pop culture, especially since now everything is intersectional, if you will. But, mm -hmm. you know, you, you find inspiration in these leaders. So in a way, it's like. I want to be a basketball player. I want to be the next LeBron James. That's probably the best way to think of originality, not necessarily being a thing, if you will, just to add to your point. So what I will say is that inspiration is actually, you know, one of my key drivers, if you will, um, aspiring to inspire others, inspire myself, you know, through research. Um, there are different ways to find ideas, whether you're a night owl or a morning you know, morning hawk or per se. Right. Um, but I'll say that, you know, for me, especially when it comes to music, for example, we all love music. So it's like, 
you know, there are so many people that I've come across that, you know, are into, you know, production, into um, recording, into writing. And that just comes from the arts, for example. You know, we're all inspired by something in the arts. Mm -hmm. And those different things keep me going. It keeps my family going. You know, I have so many family members that are into just different things that your family members are probably into as well. So I think inspiration is that commonality for sure. I think so too. Um, it's good to be inspired, but it's also good to know how to put in effort right. and how to strategically move. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that aspect in terms of your life. Let's say you got inspired or you had the desire to do something. Mm -hmm. How did you create the work ethic that goes along with that? Absolutely. I think a great example, um, or a notable example just from a personal testimony would be when I started uh, playlisting, for example. Um, I've, you know, always been into, you know, music production, into the behind the scenes work of music. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you know a friend, you probably know somebody that likes to share, you know, songs or playlists or albums right. or Apple Music, Spotify title. So for me, I've always been the person that likes to, you know, be on SoundCloud in middle school and high school. You know, it's like, oh, Kifus has this mix. But nowadays, you see that the technology is changing, that the platforms are shifting. So Spotify is one of the most common, you know, apps for listening mm -hmm. and streaming music. Yep. So for me, I was like, well, I have these playlists. I want to share them. How do I get them to the world? So it took a lot of research, a lot of just, you know, and just for the love of art, you know, it wasn't really for a monetary gain. It was really mm -hmm. more selfless than anything like you mentioned. You just but packaged the inspiration, right? Exactly. There yeah. we go. And so I found a platform that was based in London um, where you were able to market Spotify playlists and also help independent artists, you know, generate clicks for their own music. And I had also been working with a company in Seattle called Genius Link, which I still work with now for my platforms like Justice Pages, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, you know, obviously, if someone doesn't have Spotify, they have Apple Music. If someone doesn't have Apple Music, they have Tidal. If they don't have Tidal, they have SoundCloud or Deezer. So how do you get a resource to everybody? It's kind of like a common conversation that people have when it comes to e-commerce, when it comes to sales, when it comes to anything. But for me, it was for the arts. Right. So for me to work with different platforms like SoundPlake, like SoundIs, and Genius Link, the goal was for everyone to enjoy music at their convenience. So now, as the end result, my playlists have about 4,000 um, subscribers in total on Spotify. Um, and they still generate clicks worldwide. Sometimes I get messages. I actually got a message from a, a guy in India at like 3 a.m. And you know, obviously there's a time zone difference. Yeah, he's so chilling. Yeah, I'm wondering like, who's, who's texting me at 3 a.m.? I see it's a message from a producer in India. And those types of things just inspire me to keep on going because yeah, obviously absolutely. you see that, you know, you may think, ah, oh, well, I'm not really doing that well in this, but there's someone that's inspired by what you're doing. Honestly, like, you never know when you're inspiring someone because sometimes you have those silent supporters. I think when it comes to social media as well, everyone's always focused on moving in silence and, you know, not necessarily sharing their accomplishments. But for me, it's kind of the opposite where I like to share certain, you know, short goals or short, you know, wins or just because someone may see it 
and they may not respond now, but they may contact you within a month or a year's time and say, hey, I've been watching you. I love this. I want to do this and be like you, which goes back to the conversation of inspiration. Definitely. Yeah. No, there's a, I think it's good to share your wins. Um, mm-hmm. It's also, you also have to be mindful of why like you do certain things. Mm-hmm. I think we lack self-awareness on a level where the ego isn't part of the, the equation. Like mm-hmm. we factor ego into everything, even while we're being self-aware. We're like, I want to inspire other people. And I'm not necessarily saying you, right? but I've met a lot of people that kind of don't really have a lot of thinking behind their actions, right. but their actions are justified by certain things that we as a society like to hear. Mm-hmm. And I can really see that you have a genuine approach to everything you do. There's deep rooted sort yes, of sir. fundamentals that come from maybe your upbringing, maybe your parents, maybe the environment and just all the stuff that you've consumed along the years. What are you noticing in terms of the inauthentic sort of behavior that prevails on social media these days? What's your perspective on that? Absolutely. I think on a side note, it almost all ties into psychology in a way because when you see inauthentic behavior on social media, sometimes I like to think, well, where is this coming from? You know, we're so quick as people to snub someone for maybe, you know, part of my slang, but gassing themselves up, you know, or like I do this or, you know, I'm the goat. But what if there was a time in their life where they felt invalidated, Mm -hmm. you know, where they felt like they had to have something to prove? And I see it so much, but at the same time, sometimes I just, you know, cast my disdain aside and I'm like well hey you keep going because you know you have a goal and those times for or those interactions rather are sometimes learning experiences for the you know for the listening party yeah um I think you know going back to what you mentioned about competition and ego sometimes we feel that we have to compete with someone to get our point across and that almost goes against the guidelines of community because yeah, maybe person A didn't share my, you know, music video or my playlist or whatever I posted on Instagram. Do I have the right to feel a certain type of way? Maybe I do, but that's only because I think I do. Do I really? Not actually. Because it's everybody's movie. Everybody is the main character in their life. So sometimes, you know, you may get in your head about certain things that aren't really affecting anyone. You know, it's all a part of the course of life. When you prove something to the world, you'll know it. You know, I think as another personal testimony, when I created the social justice platform in response to, you know, the occurrence with George Floyd, it was really because, you know, due to my father's situation, he was, you know, medically, you know, um, you know, medical, he was medically in a situation. He was in a medical situation. Gotcha. So for me to, you know, want to get involved, it was really just, you know, my intention to help out. And I think those are the best times to actually do something when your intentions are genuine. And exactly. you'll know when you'll get those results because it'll all play itself out into fruition. I think sometimes we focus so much on the process that we forget that things happen when they're meant to happen. I agree. I think you almost have to detach from being applauded while you're in the journey. And that's, that was my last, um, 
that was my last Instagram clip as well. That was yeah, a beautiful conversation I had. Um, and it's true. Like, we almost want to stop and get the win. Or we almost want to stop and get the applause. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're slowing down. If you just keep going, you will surpass people. And it's not even necessarily about that, you know. It's not about surpassing mm-hmm. people. But the point is, you'll reach your potential maybe quicker mm-hmm. if you don't give a fuck about short-term validation and applause however some people use it as fuel some people use it as a metric of their success and it's fine but do you think the fuel and the drive should be an internal component or can it be a hybrid maybe internal and external i really think and that's a great question uh, marsh i really believe that as long as the fuel isn't you know isn't lit by in what's the word by ill intention Mm. you know as long as you stay positive as long as you are making an impact and your goal is to help somebody um you'll get the best return on investment um what i see with certain people and this is not at anyone specific but Sometimes, you know, their intentions are like you mentioned, you know, you want to stop and get the win. Sometimes self gain comes in the way. Yeah. And I guess for me, you know, my biggest thing has been, you know, how will this help the community? And people see that. People see when you mean what you say, when you are right. about what you do. And it's almost, you know, especially in a city like Houston, Texas, word goes around so fast, even though the city is so big it's almost like a neighborhood you know you have maybe like three or four universities here the university of houston st thomas you know hbu um then you have the houston community college system and it's like for me um you know after i graduated from lamar i taken some time off but then went into hcc and then went into u of h and i found a community through going into you know transitions where sometimes i may have wanted to do something at a certain time in my life but it might not have been the right time you mm-hmm. know i just graduated from u of h i attended in 2017 or i first you know attended in 2017 but i wanted to go to u of h when i graduated high school and that just wasn't the right time so for me to come when i was ready and grow within the school system grow within the student body and become a leader you know having meetings with the president you know leading different grassroots you know, initiatives. I wouldn't have done that when I was younger because I was in a different mindset. Maybe I was more self-centered. Maybe I was more, you know, about myself and not knowing Mm -hmm. what the situation was at hand and where I was needed. So to know where you're needed in the community is a very humbling experience because then you can act on certain initiatives without having to, or you can act on certain initiatives and know that you're going to help somebody out at the end of everything. Yeah. No, and it's not forced either. You right. Know, you feel prepared for it, and it's almost like it aligns with, with who you've become mm-hmm. through the journey. And in my opinion, it's important to go through those times as well. Yes. You know, the hard times where people doubt you when no one believes in you. Um, or when you, feel like, when you feel like you deserve something, but it's not here yet. And I'm sure you, I'm, I'm assuming, but I'm sure you might have felt that when yes. you wanted to be a U of H, but you weren't. I'm sure you had the desire, you, you could have envisioned your life there, but going through that time requires having a level of mental stability 
and yes. not being deterred by external stimuli, maintaining that focus. Absolutely. How do you do that? How were you doing that in the past? I think, and this is you know, not to time skip necessarily, but one of the things that I've read recently, and it keeps me going, you know, even through the valleys, but, you know, there's a screenshot, you know how they have those Twitter screenshots with like the text where it's almost like a motivational message or it's a funny message. Well, this one was actually a tweet from Quentin Grimes, one of uh, UH's, you know, most notable basketball players. And he said, you know, um, something like, you know, pause and thank God for what you were wishing for. Or he said, remember when you wanted what you have today, basically. And so yeah. for me, I think about certain things like I wanted to, you know, graduate U of H. I finally graduated and I used to think I would never graduate. Obviously, you obviously things will work out. But when you're in the process of things, when you're in the process, it's almost like everything that you think can go wrong, it feels like it will go wrong, but it doesn't mm. actually. So, you know, simple three words, trust the process. I think a lot of us, you know, not we don't necessarily doubt it, but just human nature. We overthink, we get worried, we stress. Yeah, it's the so, emotions when exactly. you're in the journey, when you're in the process. Your emotional emotional response is heightened, mm-hmm. and that's with anything in the present moment. Absolutely, I think um, we can even speak on working out and meditation. I'm not sure if you do that, but right. that really helps kind of center everything and mm-hmm. not really worry about the future or reference the past in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when you're in the journey or, or going through the process, the emotions can really play a major role in determining your actions and your responses to certain stimuli or actions of other people and i think maintaining sort of internal stability and at that point is important um but would you say working out helps you with that i will say that what what helps you with that let's ask that meditation definitely i think meditation is very important and you hit a great point with that um i think my experience with working out is a little atypical because of the different factors like making a workout playlist that people listen to kind of almost having and i may be wrong in this you know sense but feeling like a leader in the terms of working out where you know i was just talking to a friend yesterday where she wants to work out in a couple of you know days you know had another conversation with a trainer about promoting their workout platform um or you know different things and even working for a franchise you know, before the pandemic, um, a notable one as well. I think, you know, having that inspiration from other people being inspired, um, it's one of those things where I'm like, well, if I'm doing this and people like it, mm-hmm. then I think I like doing it because it's going to get good feedback. And some may argue, don't do it for the opinions, but if you, everyone likes to feel good. You know, if you're doing something and you have someone say, hey, you're killing it, that makes you feel good. So for me, you know, to work out and, you know, want other people want to get into routines, you know, I, you know, have knowledge of dieting as well. And, you know, since I am not charging people for these things, it's like, I just want to, you know, do it just to help another person out. So I think just the art of knowing when to be that helping hand has really just kept me at a mental state of peace, if you will because I know I'm helping other people while living my life. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. How do you maintain relationships? How do you maintain relationships with people? Mm -hmm. 
and not make them about yourself or not let sort of ego be a factor right. to where they can um, ruin a relationship with somebody because you, you misunderstood or misinterpreted what someone's saying or right. how they're saying it, which I, in my opinion is the most common uh, reason why people sort of dislike each other or don't want to hang out with each other right. or don't want to have that community aspect. It's just our primal need to be higher on the hierarchy and if yes. someone challenges your ego, you just you know avoid them go go around them essentially so how do you how do you play around that i think one of the things that you can tie into what you just said as well arsh is like text culture for example Mm -hmm. some people text with periods at the end of their sentence some people text with you know casual punctuation and grammar um and i think one of the things for me is like knowing when i may be a little too much for somebody um, maybe not at the moment, but in a situation where if I feel like, for example, if something just happened to me where I'm like, oh, my God, I got to tell this person. Yeah. It may not be the right time for them because there might be something going on on the other side of that phone that I'm not aware of. And let's say, and this is just a hypothetical example, but let's say, you know, something happens. I'm like, let me text this paragraph about this situation. Person doesn't read it. Let's just say they have their red receipts on. Maybe they open the message on their watch, the receipt turns on, and you're like, oh my goodness, they just read my message about this bad thing that happened to me. I feel hurt because they're ignoring me. You know, sometimes you got to think about the situation as this. It's all text messaging. It's all, you know, your life is your life, and you're the main character in your life. They're the main character in their life. So you got to know when to maintain relationships in the sense of not always being about yourself. Because, you know, people will embrace you more when they know that you actually care about their mental health as well. I think that sometimes, and I've just seen this in different situations where, let's say a person, and this is actually like a real situation, but a person, you know, they were going through something, you know, and then something you did made them mad. You may not be aware of it, but it made them mad. They acted a certain way. You're wondering what happened. They come back like a month later. They're like, I'm sorry, you know, this happened. Just different things. It's just it's just human nature to act on emotion. And I think what I talk to my family about as well, friends as well, but, you know, acting on your second choice of thought. You know, you may want to do this at this moment, but maybe your second choice of action, rather, is the most wise decision to make because I could see you're actually that. thinking about that yeah no I could definitely see that you mm-hmm. just take some time to really analyze situations and mm-hmm. I think empathy is a big factor in this um, yes. having empathy and trying to understand that everybody goes through shit everybody like you said is the main right. character in their own life but at the same time you do want to like I'm sure you do things that mm-hmm. are sort of strategic when oh, it comes sure. to, you know, maybe let, let me check in with this person or let mm-hmm. me tap in and see what they're doing or let me maintain familiarity, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. If you want to speak on that a little bit for the people that are maybe on the introverted side of things, maybe struggle with maintaining relationships or maybe don't really understand the proper etiquette when it comes to reaching out. Absolutely. And I think especially, you know, as someone who is naturally extroverted to speak, you know, to an introverted audience in this case, it may be 
it's almost like picking apples from an orange tree where sometimes I may say something and it may be harder to execute as an action. But what I've noticed is that sometimes, you know, speaking words that have value to the listening party, um, it's almost like you trigger a response, if you will. Like if you ask, you know, hey, you know, how's your cousin doing? I know they just graduated from, you know, law school um, and this is a transitional time in their life. You know, it's almost like when you ask like, I don't want to say triggering questions, but if you ask like certain things about somebody that you know will get a response that generally you want to be positive, but it's positive because the person knows that you thought of them. I think that... On a deeper level as well. Yes. Because you made it specific and you didn't make it about yourself. And you remembered. Exactly. That's one thing about Mm -hmm. it. Yes, that's perfect. You know, when you remember certain things about somebody, I think they find value in that friendship as well. And it also makes them remember you. One thing I'll say is that when I was working at this fitness franchise, um, and it was really sales driven, although they had me in communications and marketing on the side. Right. But they taught us sales tactics and, you know, you know, not necessarily the spend cycle for, you know, people who may have heard of that, but they didn't teach us how to remember people's names. You know, when you have a prospect, and in this case, they come in for a workout, you try to sign them up for a membership on the spot. Let's say they do sign up. They come in the next day. They remember you because you signed them up, but you remember them. How does that make them feel? You know, different things like that, where if you remember little things about somebody, and in this case, what we're talking about, you know, a conversation or how to, you know, be a proper introvert or extrovert, but it builds value in that relationship. And that's how you make relationships last, you know? The only reason I brought up the introvert stuff is because I know how I felt when I was going through a phase of being afraid of other people, right? being inside. And this was when I was still at U of H. I would go to class. I would come home. I wouldn't speak to anybody. I wouldn't do anything. And I went through that phase while having the desire to want to learn how to communicate, to want to have a lot of friends and to want to be part of communities and organizations and help just people in general. Yeah. And the reason I asked that is because I would look up certain ways to get better at that. Yeah. And everything that I read or saw spoke to the effect of just certain tactics in a way. Not necessarily stories or perspectives that help you um, figure out your own version of that tactic. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. bullet points of like, do this, be, be an effective listener, or yeah. uh, talk, listen, listen more than you speak, and, and ask other people about whatever, their lives or whatever. But that's the reason why I asked that. Because um, for me, I had to start this to get out of that cycle. No, definitely. I'm not perfectly out of it. Um, right. I do have moments where I'm too into my head or whatever. But it's like you can do it even if you're a shy, introverted person who's mm-hmm. sad or whatever, who feels like no one's going to accept you. Yeah. No one wants to be friends with you. You realize how much nicer people are. Yeah. You realize you can really fucking do anything you want as long as you believe in yourself. And that's why I wanted to ask you, yeah. how do you maintain relationships as a person that has so many relationships to maintain? That's, an, that's a whole nother level. No, absolutely. And it's, I'm glad that you mentioned the research aspect of, you know, 
trying to transition from being an introvert to an extrovert because it's almost like we it's almost like a rule book if you will that doesn't apply to everybody right because um let me think of a good example if you tell somebody hey if you work out five days a week you know you'll become fit in no time it's like obviously what if someone has an eating disorder or like a condition that was hereditary you know you know rule a might not apply to person b and skill c might not apply to person d um and i think for me to maintain relationships in the masses i had to be an introvert as well to know what it's like to be an introvert and get approached by someone who's extroverted because I too was an introvert when I was younger. I was really shy. You know, I was a kid that got bullied a lot at a certain point, but it took extroverted people. And this is really like one of those things where you just have to rely on like, you know, chance and it just doesn't happen to everybody. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you experience it. And then those key moments of interaction can really shape up it's almost like the butterfly effect, if you will, where exactly. certain things shape up how you respond in the future. Yeah, so but, it's almost doing uh, practice, rather. Yeah. The more you do it, the better mm-hmm. un- better you'll understand human nature Absolutely. on a sort of mass level. Mm-hmm. And then you can categorize people and know how to respond to them based on previous interactions with Absolutely. similar kinds of people. Um, I, I, I can definitely see that. And, and yeah. podcasting helps in that regard as well because you can really figure out mm-hmm certain kinds of people and what you know they're driven by but i would also almost say even if you're introverted there's no harm in sitting inside and 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 learning like right. as long as you're learning as long as you're reading as long as you're observing because mm-hmm. there's a way you can observe everything and yeah. anything in life like for example you could listen to a song and derive a completely different meaning and a layer of sort of yeah. artistry that was hidden behind the surface that people gravitate towards right right the frequencies and the notes and the sounds but if you really take the words, pair it with the person's story, you're getting a higher level of experience that drives you and inspires you way longer than maybe the surface level 3-minute, 30, uh, 30-second song would. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? No, absolutely. So when you do that with interactions or if you are an introverted person and you're sitting inside and maybe you watch YouTube videos or maybe you play video games. I was playing video games. Mm-hmm. Um, you can really learn how to interact through those mediums as well. Absolutely. Through your introverted comfort zone, you can learn how to interact. You can play video games and get better at talking to people over the video game. You don't Absolutely. even have to look at them. I appreciate you being on, bro. Please let the people know where they can find you, uh, what the social uh, media handles are, and anything else. Absolutely. So my name is Keith Falls III once again. Um, I appreciate your time, Arsh. Everyone, you know, listening and viewing. Um, you can find all of my social media at genius slash chief Kefis, and that's G E N I dot U S slash the word chief C H I E F K E F F U S. And that's a smart page that goes to every social media platform that I have.